Well, good morning again. Thank you guys for being here. Great to see all of you. Uh, if this is your first Sunday with us here at the Vineyard, uh, one, I would love to meet you. This is only my third Sunday at the Vineyard. Uh, so I'm new to this church. I'm new to Baton Rouge. And uh, I delight when God ever uh, makes connections. And so you being here today is a delight. It's a gift to us, and I would love to meet you. Uh, so let's make sure and shake hands before you leave. Also, if you'd like, uh, you'll find these connect cards on the back table right there by the candles. Uh, the primary uh, emphasis for this card is clearly put in bold on the top. And we just want to connect uh, more than gather your information or anything else. We, we want to hear a little bit of your story, what God's doing in your life in this season. And uh, man, how we could come around that, partner with you in that, celebrate that, uh, be a resource. So we would love to connect with you. Uh, if you have a moment, just take a, a couple seconds and fill out that card, and you can put it in our offering boxes uh, right there on the doors on your way out. So today is Happy Father's Day. Uh, and for many folks, man, this can kind of be anywhere from a really great day to a very normal day to a very difficult day. Uh, for me, it's kind of all of the above. Uh, I had a great dad growing up, uh, but towards the end of his life, he had both rheumatoid arthritis and uh, some cancer, some skin cancer, and both those things together uh, are not sustainable. And so over the course of time, uh, when he was 77 years old, he passed away. Uh, this is one of my favorite pictures of my father right here that you'll see, uh, the one on the left. When I was born, I was 10 pounds, nine and a half ounces. My mom loves to brag that I was 16 pounds at six weeks. You can see the chunk of love that I am nestled up into his his tummy there, and the picture on the right is actually my son, um, Andrew Weathers, Andrew Davis Weathers, actually. He carries both of the surnames of both of his grandfathers, and that's intentional. But we were having a family lunch, and dad was sitting just like that, and the image on the left is so ingrained in my brain, I was like, oh my goodness, let's get a picture of dad and Drew, and so there it is. Let me show you one other picture that is a favorite picture of my dad. It's this picture. This is from like the early 80s. My dad was a Texas Ranger, obviously not the bat-carrying kind, but the gun, Cody, as you can see here. Um, so this was an article that was written about him like in the Dallas Tribune back in the early 80s. So this guy came from the Dallas area down to Bay City, Texas, which is where I was born, and like followed dad around for a day. Like when he first got there, he sat in dad's office and dad, you know, sat back, sparked up a smoke, and my dad smoked from age 14 to age 60, and then just kicked it cold turkey after that many years. But uh, still in the high heydays of his smoking, so he fires up a smoke, and that guy has this camera taking pictures of his office. He just dials in and shoots a picture of dad. And from what I understand, dad drops the lighter and says, do not use that photo. But the picture is so epic. The guy had, it's like the cover page of the actual article. Um, and it is like my favorite picture of him. When I was in college, uh, I remember going home for Christmas break uh, and growing up in a smoking home and then running off to college and, you know, finding a little bit of your freedoms. I also picked up cigarettes for a while. And uh, dad was never a fan of it, obviously, right? We don't want to pass on our less than great habits to our kids. Uh, but I was sitting at home in his recliner, fresh home for, you know, Christmas holidays, and dad walks up behind me and he goes, you quit smoking yet? I just kind of hung my head and I said, 
no, sir, I haven't. And he said, get your coat and come on. And I was like, yes, sir. Like he invited me to go smoke, which was like so rare in our house. Like I think that was like the only time he ever invited me to go have a cigarette. And it was just like the, I don't even remember having this cigarette. I don't remember like where we smoked or what we talked about, but I remember that invitation. Get your coat and come on. So wherever you might fall on the spectrum of Father's Day here on earth, uh, Yoni, thank you for like helping us find our place on Father's Day as it is in heaven. So we're going to wrap up on this day uh, a three-week study in the book of Luke. So the past couple of weeks and today, we've been in Luke chapters 10 and 11 because Luke, although he doesn't organize his book like chronologically or geographically, he really sets it up more thematically. And here in 10 and 11, we see that he uh, attacks one of his core things, which is discipleship, and specifically relationship. So two weeks ago, we looked at the parable of the Good Samaritan, and it helps us like, get an idea of how we can be like, in relationship with each other. Last week, we looked at you know, Jesus and Mary and Martha, Jesus' visit to Mary and Martha's home, and what it looks like to be a good listener in the presence of Jesus. Today, we're going to move on to chapter 11, and these are all sequential, verse by verse, where Luke records the disciples asking Jesus how to pray. And in that conversation, Jesus encourages us to approach the Lord as Father. So if you would, uh, grab a Bible, and let's look together to Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Um, It is customary of me. I'm always going to invite us to actually get out book Bibles. And I know that it's already some folks have taken me up on that invitation, and I love it. Um, if you, it, I, I just, this is nothing against technology, or it's not like a pet peeve, or like, you know, a soapbox. But I, I like to put my phone on airplane mode. Uh, I like to just be here in the presence of the Lord and the good company of each other as he might have us open his word and spend a few moments together listening to him. Now, if you don't have a paper Bible, Again, this isn't like a technology thing. Please use your phone, uh, or I'm also going to be happy to share my Bible with you on the screens. So Luke chapter 11, let's begin in verse 1, where it says, It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Um, As we get into this this morning, the first observation that I feel inclined to share with you is this, that we are drawn to authenticity. We are drawn to authenticity. Um, Jesus had the most authentic relationship with the Father. If anybody knows how to pray, if anybody knows the nuance and the reality and the depth of prayer, it's him. And also, we know, I mean, just by several other instances in the Word throughout the Gospels, that John and his disciples had an incredible connection relationship. And so in this first ask, in this first verse, we see the disciples, man, like we see the authentic connection, Jesus, that you have with God, and we see like the authentic community that John had with his disciples. Will you please teach us that in the midst of this? There's something about authenticity that, again, like, it just draws us in. And what I believe that it is is that it's just honesty and purity. 
Anytime we encounter anything authentic, it's, it's true. And it reminds us, I would say, of the Lord himself. Like veneer or like people who posture themselves or try to present in any form or fashion, whether it's an advertisement or a person who's just a little bit prideful and arrogant. Maybe we have a moment when we're prideful and arrogant and that bothers us. Like there's something that's a little bit off-putting. But man, when something is authentic, we just, we run to it. Like think of the people that are in your life, like two or three people that are, you know, close to you. And you think, just pick one. Like I could pick my sister. Be like, what are those things that my sister does authentically that inspire me that I would want to like learn from her? Since I've used that example, man, she is so amazing at like honoring and celebrating other people. Like if it's your birthday, you're going to get a paragraph and a half on her Facebook page about how much she loves you and how wonderful you are. And she means it. It's authentic. And I want to learn that from her. We're drawn to authenticity. So as we continue this morning, as we continue in our spiritual journey with the Lord, may that encourage us to seek out an authentic relationship with God and genuine, authentic community with each other because it's going to benefit us, but it's also going to proclaim the gospel. Verses two through four. So Jesus answers their request. And he said to them, when you pray, say these words, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. This is the more abbreviated uh, rendition of the Lord's Prayer. Matthew's is, you know, perhaps the one that we're more familiar with, but this is Jesus' response. Now, obviously, today, intentionally, I want to dial in on the word Father. There are plenty of names we can give the Lord, right? We can call him Creator. We could call him Sovereign, as we did this morning. Do you guys have any words that you would like ascribe to the Lord? I welcome you to say them out loud right now, if you're so bold. Woo, Prince of Peace, Counselor, keep them coming. Big guy, I love it. Friend. A couple more, let's praise him. Provider, Big Papa. I like it when they call me Big Papa. That's fun. There are tons of names we could call him. Man, I hope you hear like the fragrance of his praise as we just do that for a moment there. Jesus invites us to call him Father. Jesus invites us to call him Father. I, w- I want to show you a couple of pictures. So think about the like, United States of America, like, like the president, right? The president of the United States. You'll have a president that comes to mind. I don't know who it is, but you will. And you think about that president, like you'll think, man, he did some really cool things, or maybe he did some not so cool things, whatever, whatever will come to mind. Like, that's an incredibly important, hard to understand, very taxing job. A lot of ways you can approach the president. Here's JFK with his son in the Oval Office. Father and son. Very different, isn't it? Here's Obama. Look at that. This interesting hiding behind furniture thing that's going on. But at his desk at work, 
in a very famed job here in our country, but his daughter there close by. And here's one more, because it's just so nonchalant. He's in her world. I'm sorry, he's in his world. She is in in hers, Um, but working and playing and present. Access. I have no idea. I even Googled it, like, what are, like, the security measures of the White House? And I realized, man, if you Google this, like, you might get tagged, like, (laughs) but I Googled it anyway. Man, again, there's just so many ways that we can approach the Lord, but He invites us as Father. Any day, any time, He's our dad, and we're welcome in His presence. That's what Jesus invites us into, Father. Matthew uses the word our, right? Our Father who art in heaven. What's fun about the word our is it kind of dismantles that whole, like, my dad can kick your dad's butt thing. Right? That's, that's fun, like when you're a grade school kid. Like, I mean, my dad is tough. My dad is tougher than your dad. But the reality of it is he is the dad of all of us. And I know that I have a way of beginning to like distance myself or think that I'm a little bit cooler or maybe not as cool as somebody else. And I'll begin to do like division and separation and classification God doesn't do that. There was one guy in particular that I knew, man, growing up, and there was just something that he and I didn't see eye to eye on. And I would really like think about that a lot. Like, we don't see eye to eye on this. I kind of think I'm right. I know where he stands. We don't see eye to eye on this. And I would really focus on that. One time I was in church, and the pastor was talking about like when life is over and we're all there. And he had a completely different point to the story but I thought about me and this person there. And I was like, this thing that I think I have a better perspective on, like it'll be over. It won't matter. It won't matter. So if it doesn't, it won't matter then, why does it matter to me now? Our Father challenges us. It challenges me to also dismantle that stuff that might naturally or supernaturally from like the dark side um, get between us. Let's live in the light. Let's look to heaven. Let's, let's regard each other in that way. I was having a great conversation with Leanne this week, and she said, just real quickly, since we are in the Lord's Prayer, here's all the P's of our Padre, right? I would encourage you, if you have a phone and you're one of those like, you know, phone takers of notes, this is the one slide that I want us to take with us. You're going to see it twice today. Here's opportunity number one. But we were talking about the Lord's Prayer and all of the ways that it begins to like showcase the beauty and the depth of, of God. So Father, He's personal. Hallowed, He's praiseworthy, and so on and so forth. Um, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through them all. And again, we're going to come back to it at the very end of the message today. But this is the one uh, nugget of the Lord's Prayer that I want us to put in our pockets as we walk out of here today. So let's go on to verse 5, where Jesus continues in his teaching. So first he says, Father, then he gives them some parameters for praying, and he tells them a story. And then he said to them, I turned too many pages. Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to that friend at midnight 
and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside, the friend answers and says, do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed, and I cannot get up and give you anything. Then Jesus says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. What's interesting about parables, this is something that I learned this week, not all parables are allegories. Not all of them are allegorical. So an allegory is a story that helps us see and connect with reality, right? So if you think about the parable of the wheat and the tares, or the wheat and the weeds, think about the parable of the seed and the sower. When Jesus tells those stories, he also gives us a key. So like, you know, the weeds are this, the wheat is this, or the other one, the seed is this, and the sower is this, so that we know, okay, this story directly like correlates to reality, both spiritual and natural. In this one, he doesn't do that. He just tells a story. So I believe it's like a preface to the next thing that he's going to say. There's certainly something that he's wanting us to see here. It is an illustration, but it's important for us to not perhaps like insert characters of reality into the story. Basically, what I'm saying is like the guy inside the house probably isn't God, right? We could say that, or we could begin to read this and think, cool, man, like if I just ask long enough, if I go out there hard enough, I can have whatever I want. That's not necessarily true. But the teaching of this is clear when it comes to us, right? Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock. I tell you. So he goes on in verses 9 and 10. So I say to you, and I'm pausing because I would love for us to let those words like rest on us for a minute. Because in that moment, man, Jesus looks at his disciples in the eyes. And this is where he gives them like straight up instruction. I say to you, ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, man, they receive. I love the word everyone there. For everyone who asks will receive. And he who seeks, he will find. And to him who knocks, it will be opened to him. What I believe is happening here, if we take the whole thing in context, at the very beginning of the chapter, the disciples asked, teach us how to pray. And Jesus' encouragement here is, continue asking, and it will be given to you. Continue seeking and you will find. Continue knocking, and the door will be opened to you. So three quick things, right? Ask. Ask is identifying a desire or a need and actually vocalizing it. Have the boldness to ask dad for what you need. Seeking is not letting it sit at an ask. Like, it's actually like, I'm going to step into this. I want to have a more vibrant prayer life. God, can I have a more vibrant prayer life? 
No, man, you start praying. Like, I'm going to do this, right? And then I'm not going to do it occasionally. It's not like, you know, occasional acting or random acting. It is persistent acting. So there's an ask. I'm going to identify and vocalize a desire or a need. I'm going to seek. I'm going to go after that. In the story, the guy goes next door. He makes the walk. He does the thing. And then he stands there, and he rat tat 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 tats until that dude gives him the bread. It's certainly instruction on us. Jesus sees their zeal and their appetite to learn how to pray, and he says, yes. Call him Father. Seek him in all of the P's that we detailed earlier. But man, ask and seek and knock. You do that, it will be given to you. I do have time. What I love about this, when we think about just the desires of our heart or asking for those things, like, like a couple of things that God is not. God is not a genie and God is not a vending machine. I don't know if we have any Derek Webb fans in the house, but one of my favorite songs by him is uh, the kick drum, whatever it's called. But basically, there's like this, there's this thing, and one of the verses says, it's a, it's a satirical song, and it says, I don't want the Father, I want a vending machine. I know what I want if you know what I mean. I don't want the Father, I want a vending machine. And satirically, he's calling us out to approach him as Father, not for just the things that we want. But if you look at the garden for a second, this is where Jesus was, right? The night before he was, you know, taken to the cross. Jesus prays more than once something that he wants. Like, like, like God, I know, I know what's coming. Man, if we could do this any way else, if there's any other way, but your will be done. And it's beautiful how that moment lines up with this teaching. Ask, seek, knock, pursue him. But before that, he says, your will be done. Your kingdom come. So our searching is more for his activity. What is God up to? At the same time, he's a big enough dad to hear our heart. So share it with him. All right, 11 through 13. Now, suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he is asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. What I love about this, and this is new for me, so if, if you're like me, this, this is familiar Bible material. We've heard the Lord's Prayer. We've heard ask, seek, and knock. We've heard you fathers, you know, if a kid asks for bread, you're not going to give him a stone. But what's new for me is, again, in context, the whole teaching says, Teach us how to pray. And Jesus says, when you pray, begin with our Father. At the end of the teaching, he says, you fathers. I have often kept those things segregated or separate, like cherry-picked. I'll look at this, 
Now look at that. But they're absolutely together. It's a reference point. I don't know the entire goodness of God. But I do know a good dad gesture when I see it. As a matter of fact, I saw one from a mom just this last week. So Susan, if you don't know, loves to cook. Loves to cook. And she's pretty stinking amazing at it. She was making a blueberry pie uh, for her son and daughter-in-law. And she got so tickled because she asked their preference of like a lattice top or a crumble top. And one liked one and one liked the other. And her heart began to explode with delight because she was like, I've never done both before. (laughs) And she makes them this blueberry pie with lattice topping on one half and crumble topping on the other half. First, it's an aesthetic sight to behold. Second, it tastes absolutely amazing. It doesn't matter which half you eat. Third, I'll never forget her generous pouring of love over her kids. That's the reference point. I don't think anybody in the room would be like, would be like meh, right? Like, who's going to be like, meh? To like, no way, that's a big deal. It's a beautiful act of love. They both kind of sort of him-hawed asked for the topping of their preference, but they wouldn't even say it. She knew their desires and gave them both. And that's Jesus' reference point. You fathers, you guys have an idea of good, right? How much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit for those who ask Him? It's like this opening. Jesus says, you know this. You can can put your hand on those acts of generosity and love from the fathers here on earth. Begin there and begin to look at the generous acts of the Father in heaven. What we can draw from the guy that's inside the house in the parable and identify with the Lord, I believe, is motivation. We could make a lot of arguments as to why the guy actually got up, and plenty of commentators and theologians have done just that, right? So, because the guy wouldn't stop knocking, like this shameless persistence. Another way to like look at that is that he didn't want to be shamed. The guy inside didn't want to be shamed by the commotion in the middle of the night that might have happened because the dude wouldn't shut up. So, to save his name, he got out of bed just to like turn the, he didn't want to be just like, oh, that's the guy that didn't give him the bread at midnight, right? He didn't want that. So the mot- our motivations, I mean, they're sketchy and they fluctuate at best. But God's motivations, God's heart, his thoughts, his wisdom, his provision, the things that he allows, the things that he withholds, his timing, his goodness, his plans, his purposes, all of it. Pure, good, trustworthy. So if we, with sketchy and fluctuating motivations, are able to like give good gifts, 
Man, what is he capable of? That's my encouragement to you as we begin to like pack up and close up our hearts and make our way out the door. May we be looking for what our dad is capable of this week and what he might invite us into. Just like my dad said, get your coat and come on. Our heavenly father is saying, get your coat and come on. Be with me. Come with me. Be near me. Let's go for a walk. Let's do something fun. Let's get into an adventure. And it's not like what we desire, although he absolutely plants desires and passions and, and skill within us. But that planting is, a, is an endowment. It's an equipping so that we can walk with him in his plan and in our purpose and in our passion. Like he's dialed it all in. What's he capable of? All right, so again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close up. Here are the, the P's of our Padre one more time. And our takeaway this week is this. Pick one. Pick one P. And then pursue the Father this week. So like for me, the first one that came to mind was provisional. Uh, so my, my family, we are, we're moving here, right? Our house went on the market. And like we're looking for a home here. And there are things that I can do like we can sell our house, we can paint some walls, we can put it on the market, we can partner with a good friend and realtor there. Uh, there's some things I can do. I can start looking for houses, but at the same time, like, I can pray. Like there's things that I can do, there's things that God can do. So my P for this week is his provision. And it's not like, hey, Dad, please sell the house, please give us a new one. It's just like, hey, Lord, like what are you gonna show me this time as you provide. Because, Dad, I want to know you more. I want to have a better prayer life. I want to have a better connection, more authentic connection with you. So let's pick a P. Let's just listen and see what he might show us this week.